Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. You got your title screwed up, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, should I be um, Andrew Clyden, dad? Yes. New, new dad. In new the dad. I listened to the podcast last week. You and Matt Stone did an awesome job in my stead. Thank you so much for covering for me on that. I can't say I wasn't nervous trying to figure out how to do this by myself. How to run all the, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated couple of bits of machinery in here. Um, it, it's funny. Actually, though, it's recording the intro that scared me. I'm like, all right, yeah. how does Andrew do that? <laughs> yeah, you just had to get the memorization down. It's funny, though, because if you didn't, if you don't follow the podcast or read between the lines, uh, you did say, you know, I'm out of the office and congratulations, but then didn't specify why I was gone. So it, unless you were like a longtime mm-hmm. listener of the podcast and put together the clues, I had a child over the weekend. So I'm back a little bit. Uh, everybody's happy and healthy. And that that might have been an editing error yeah. on somebody's part. We'll have to may have just been moved out. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad to be back. We've got a couple of things to talk about this week. First off, there's some updates. I know that you guys talked about the high water levels, and we've been talking about it for a couple of months because they've been pretty high ever since the summer. Uh, give me just kind of a, a an elevator pitch on what's going on, and then there's an update in Ephraim in regards to how they're kind of handling their high water. Yeah, it's just basically panic uh, for anybody who lives on the shoreline. Everybody's <laughs> screaming and running around. I did notice that on my way back from the hospital. Yes. Um, I think last time we might have talked about uh, in Gardner, they're doing some, um, they're, they've applied for some emergency funds from the state to repair low-lying parts of Stevenson Pier Road. Ephraim, the state Department of Transportation came up. They just completed that brand new Highway 3 from this year. And with those high water levels and the big storm events coming in, it's just sending debris onto the highway in right. certain parts of the town so, or in the, in the village. So on the south end of Ephraim, this week they actually put a lot of big stones along the shoreline to just break up the wave action and prevent it from undermining the highway on that, that low-lying kind of part near Brookside Lane where it's, it's basically swamp area. I don't, it, who knows if it's going to be enough, but you can see it already that advanced work, that preparation for next year's even higher water levels and potential ice shoves this next coming spring, Ephraim's going to have issues. Other places in the county are just going to, I think we're just going to see this as long as the water's this high. And, you know, maybe it's a cycle, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, this is the new normal. Yeah. Well, it's good to see that traction is being made on these things and prep is being done. I think, too, uh, Wilson's is probably doing some better marketing next year because it's actually going to be out in the bay. It'll be actually swept yeah, out there. Yeah, it'll be Shoreline Ice Cream Shop. Yeah, it's it'll like, be more of a destination. They'll do like a beach theme, I think, yeah, is what they're planning like on. Wilson's Ice Cream and Tiki Bar. Yeah, so that'll be cool. So last Friday, there was a vehicle crash near the Institute Saloon, right? That left one man dead. Is that correct? correct? Uh, not a lot of details available at this time. But sadly, a uh, gentleman, Robin Lack, was leaving the Institute Saloon, did confirm that he, he was leaving the saloon and crossing the street to the parking lot. Anybody who's familiar with the Institute Saloon, the parking lot is across the street at the, it's basically the church parking lot, and he was struck by another vehicle. 
They could not confirm whether alcohol or speed was a factor in that crash yet. The speed does drop from 55 to 35 right around that part of the highway as you near Sevastopol Sewell. But yeah, they're waiting for toxicology reports to come back from the lab. So really sad that at least off the top of my head, that is the third pedestrian in the last couple of years that has been struck and killed by a vehicle. We had a cyclist killed in Fish Creek on County A two summers ago and a gentleman on Labor Day weekend just over a year ago killed in Sister Bay. So I'm waiting to hear back from the sheriff's office on where that is that just a kind of historical anomaly right now, or is that kind of par for the course in terms of like pedestrians? Yeah. And I wonder too, if there's, if there's anything to be done about looking at the maps and, and plotting out where these are happening and maybe there's areas that are kind of hotspots for this type of accident. Right. It's kind of hard to tell where that, like, like instinctually, I always thought like, wow, Ephraim desperately needs sidewalks because something could happen there like by Wilson's where there's no sidewalk and no barrier between the highway. And even though the speed limits are so low, there's so many kids there all the time that I've always felt we get lucky that nobody ever just like stumbles into the road and somebody's looking at the sunset and hits a kid or something. Fortunately, it's never happened. Knock on wood. I hope it never does. But then I would have never really thought of like Institute Saloon or Hill Road. So it's who yeah. knows if there's trends or not. That may be part of the reason why it happens, though, because when you're thinking about driving through Ephraim, those are going on in the back of your head. You know it's a high traffic area, so you're right. more cautious, even if it's just, you know, instinctively more cautious. Whereas when you're out kind of on the back roads, you're not thinking that there's going to be people out there. Yeah. So all maybe, three of the, you're right. All three of those incidents I mentioned happened on very low traffic roads. Right. And, and only one of them happened in a particularly high speed area. So last up here before we take a break, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Kelsey Fox from the D.C. EDC about their new uh, Live Door County initiative. Mm -hmm. But before we take our break, you wrote a story about treatment courts, which is something that uh, we had covered a couple of months ago when it had first kind of been brought forth to the county. Mm -hmm. um, and and what's, the, what's the update on that? And maybe go back to and just tell me a little bit about what treatment courts actually are. Sure. Um, treatment courts, some people call them drug courts. It's basically just another way of addressing sentencing for people who have committed crimes related to drug use. So traditionally, and the first time I talked about this with a judge was almost 10 years ago when Judge Todd Ehlers and Peter Dilts, Peter Dilts, who has since retired, were looking at creating something like this for an OWI court because judges get really frustrated. They don't want to just keep addressing problems with the same solution if it's not working. And what, what Dilts and Ehlers told me, like, we see the same people come in with driving while intoxicated over and over again, and our only solution is to send them to jail. So they wanted to set up a court to have a different option, send them to treatment, because most people probably wouldn't know this, but if you get arrested for drunk driving, there's no like mandatory treatment. You just go to jail. Right. Like, you can choose to get treatment in jail, but if you spend a month or nine months for repeat offenses in jail, you don't come out of there having been in AA or any other sort of program mandatory. So you just get out and then you go right back to it. As a bartender, I've personally seen people get out of jail from a DUI offense and literally their first stop is to go and celebrate at the bar and get drunk right? and then try and drive somewhere. Well, um, and I think the underlying issue is that the majority of these cases are being prosecuted as criminal offenses when they are matters of addiction. So they're, they're chemical imbalances or they're, they're mental problems rather than strictly criminal behavior. Mm -hmm. And... If you don't address that underlying issue, you're going to see people coming back through over and over again. And that's why you get courts that literally process the same people constantly and they just kind of 
live their lives in the system because the underlying issue is never being addressed for them. And opinions on this are, are shifting now, or I should say have shifted in for, for many places from the justice system on what the approach to this was, would be. Like 10 years ago when I was writing about this, Terry Vogel, the sheriff at the time, really had very little interest in it. Um, the DA's office had very little interest in, in trying something different. Um, and some judges didn't even have any interest in it. Now you have a situation where David Weber, the judge, a Walker appointee, is really pushing this. So it's not about being soft on crime. A lot of these treatment courts have been pushed forward by conservative-minded um, judges who just want a better solution. So you have a DA who's very supportive in Colleen Norton. You have a sheriff, Tammy Sternard, who's very involved in this and very supportive of this different approach. So now you have the whole system and then you have county government, health and human services also involved in this and pushing for a different answer to these problems. And so maybe this time it'll work. I talked to Jim Morrison, who is a judge in Marinette County, and he's been a leader on this. And one thing, one really poignant message he had, he goes, we've been doing this for five years. We've had about 80 people come through it and roughly half of them have been able to stay sober and not suffer from recidivism where they're back in front of that judge. And that's opposed to like 6% before that they were able to keep out. So they've seen drastic um, improvements in their ability to keep these people employed, out of the system, and healthy and sober. What he said was there's, I know eight people who have had babies in their program who have had healthy babies, not addicted to drugs and alcohol. And he said, a lot of these people, what we would normally see if they get out of jail and then they have that baby and that baby is born addicted. And if, if a baby is born addicted, a lot of the estimates are that it will cost like a million dollars over the course of his lifetime. So he said that alone has made it worth it to me. And so backtracking a little bit to what the drug court is, it's instead of just being sentenced to jail, you have the option. It's not mandatory. You have to opt in as, a, as an offender to go into the drug court means you don't necessarily get sent to jail. You get convicted, but then you have to report and appear in front of the judge every week and they get an update on your progress. You get a report from your kind of like your version of a probation officer who's having regular communication with you. You're getting tested multiple times a week to make sure you're staying clean and sober and you have to have a job. So you have to go out and find a job and be employed. So this way, what you're doing is instead of being stuck in jail and then, yes, you get sober because you, you can't get access to, for the most part, drugs and alcohol in jail. Then you get sent right back out into the same environment that you were in before that you had the problem in and you just start going right back to using. Right. In this case, they're working with you as you're in your environment to try and change your decisions and you're responsible to the judge and the DA and they all work together with Health and Human Services to counsel you through and try to actually address the addiction problem. So it's... Uh, it's a different approach in other communities. They found them to be very successful. Green Bay has um, a bunch of different, they have a, a mental health court. They have a drug court. They have an OWI court. I believe they have a heroin court as well. So they have a lot of different ones. Door County probably never get to that extent. We're not big enough to have that many courts, but you might slowly start to wrap in other solutions. Right. Well, Miles, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, uh, we're going to sit down with Kelsey Fox from the Door County Economic Development Corporation to talk about their new initiative, Live Door County, uh, which is a new program that they've just announced to try to bring young professionals into the county and, and show Door County in a light that, you know, this is a place where you can come and you can live and you can have a professional career. And I think that that's a, a really exciting thing to look forward to in the future. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool, exciting new program going after people just like yourself, Andrew. Oh, well, thank you. 
Grace, there is nothing that I love more than lighthouses and state parks. Oh my gosh, no way, me too. I just wish that there was, I don't know, some sort of way that I could capture my love for those things in a physical way that maybe I could put on the wall or something. Well, you are in luck, my friend. If you visit DoorCountyPulse.com slash shop, you can find exactly those items. You mean we actually put together a series of state park posters and an incredible collection of lighthouses all in one piece of artwork that you can buy online? That we did, Andrew, that we did. I didn't know that we had an online shop. What else can I get there? You can also buy some Paul stickers, Door County Living stickers. You can subscribe to Door County Living or the Peninsula Pulse if you are not in Door County. You can buy our annual door wedding guide. And you can also buy uh, lighthouse postcards if you do not want the full poster, but might want to add a little something something in your gift package. I'm looking at the shop right now and I just noticed that we have Peninsula Pulse hats with the dog logo and everything. Grace, I think I am sold. Where can I go to find all of this stuff one more time? www.doorcountypulse.com slash shop. Okay, we are back and we are joined by Kelsey Fox, the Workforce Development Specialist at the Door County Economic Development Corporation. How are you doing, Kelsey? I'm great. How are you? Great. Uh, So you're embarking on a new project called Live Door County. Tell me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so Live Door County was developed after um, many years of the team at DCEDC trying to put something together to really kind of bring a new light to Door County, shed a new light on really what it is and the resources and opportunities that we have here. Um, really kind of focusing on not just coming here for vacation, but coming here for jobs, for um, entrepreneurs to start their business, to kind of grow their business, for people to kind of just look at it in a different light. Not only that it is a destination for vacation, but hey, it's a place that you can live and you can live pretty well and have a really good life in a place where people vacation, which is pretty awesome. So this is something that's interesting to me because I'm so, I'm a transplant. Mm-hmm. I moved up here to live and work. Yeah. What are some of the like the main proponents for coming up here and making this place your home or your your professional home mm-hmm. base? So I think some of the big kickers are just outdoor recreation activities. I think that was a big one for me and my husband who moved here from Waukesha. I didn't really have to convince him very much to try to move <laughs> up here because he loves to hunt and fish and we like to kayak and just be outside. So that beyond getting a great job was a really good driver for us and coming out here is it really kind of matched our lifestyle and what we like to do. I did not like sitting in traffic for two hours a day in Milwaukee. I love commuting seven minutes. So, I mean, those are some really great things that we have to offer as well. Um, So it's really kind of matching up that lifestyle to the people who are looking to kind of relocate here or start a business or that type of thing. So what's the biggest hurdle with that? Obviously, it's beautiful up here. Obviously, Mm -hmm. people like to vacation here. Mm -hmm. But is it Is it just that struggle of letting people know like there's that combined, there are jobs? Mm -hmm. Like, is that kind of like the big thrust that DC EDC is is embarking on now is just convincing people there are jobs and it's not just, not to knock it, but it's not just waiting tables and bartending. There's a wide range of professional careers as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's bringing light to the jobs that are kind of outside those typical seasonal or waiting table jobs that you might think of when you think of Door County. But yeah, there certainly are... um, world-class companies here, not only in manufacturing, but in a lot of other areas as well that are willing to pay really good livable wages and they have great benefits and they have a lot of um, things that they're willing to do. They're willing to pull out a lot of stops in terms of getting people up here. They're willing to have a relocation incentive. They're willing to pay for your training and education, but they just can't get the people to come because I think a lot of it is that awareness piece that people just don't 
inherently think of Door County as a place that might have those potential career opportunities. You know, there are a lot of places that draw people in specifically for professional reasons. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to be in a certain field, the best place to be is someplace in the ca- in the country that has uh, like a hub for that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like the the other side of it is trying to bring people in who want who appreciate Door County as it is right. for their recreational stuff, yeah. and then introducing them to jobs. Do you find that being the opposite is challenging, or do you think it's an opportunity where you can be like, hey, not only is this an awesome place for you to live and have fun, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of career opportunities here too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really great kind of push and pull from both regards. It's letting them know that, hey, we do kind of have those things to match your lifestyle, but then kind of opening them up to, hey, we do have some really great jobs as well. So it's kind of pushing both of those pieces in terms of awareness. Like I just had a friend reach out to me yesterday, actually on Facebook, she saw it and was like, oh my God, I would move back home in an instant. But I had no idea that there were even jobs that would pay remotely what she makes in the Valley. And so I said, well, check it out, like go to our website, check it out. And she's like, yeah, I would totally move back, but it's just more of an awareness piece. And she had kind of said to me, you know, I know a a bunch of other people who would move back in an instant. So she kind of said to me, like, keep pushing this awareness thing. People just don't know. And I think it's kind of that millennial generation that probably just never will piece together or never had in the past that, you know, I can get a job that pays probably similar to what they might be making in another area. So it's just kind of bringing that to light a little bit. I think like part of it too that that you touched on a little bit is not just the wage part and not just the lifestyle part, but you know, if you have a motivated person, they want to grow in their career. They want to learn new things. And you talked about like the training opportunities Mm -hmm. that these places have. And the fact that, you know, just because it's in Door County, this kind of remote outpost doesn't mean you're not learning amazing things or working with really skilled people. Mm -hmm. I know I felt that way when I left Door County in the end of 2011. Part of it was I just felt like I needed to learn more about the digital media world and both like media marketing, but also journalism was transforming. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that Dave Elliott was able to attract me back was, hey, we're going to we're going to do video. Um, We're going to we're going to upgrade our website. And we invested a ton into our website and we're going to start dabbling in podcasts. And now we're far more than dabbling. (laughs) So that to me invigorated me to say like, all right, I can come back to my hometown in a place where I can, you know, I live in Chicago. Like if I went to a community meeting, you know, unless I was going to dedicate my life to public service and and give up my career, (laughs) like it's really hard to make a a meaningful impact. Whereas up here you can make a difference in your community. Absolutely. And then, then I'm working a job where I was like, all right, we're doing podcasts that that other big newspapers are not doing. We're doing video of a quality, thanks to Andrew and, and Brett and our crew there, mm-hmm. of a quality that other places in the biggest metropolitan areas aren't doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a lot about that growth too. How do you get that message across to people at some about some of these companies? Well, I think it might be looking to you for a testimonial. <laughs> 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 or, no, really, I think it's tapping into the people who have kind of experienced that and just kind of getting that out there because I'm, I'm one too, um, I had this opportunity to come work for DCEDC in August as the workforce uh, development specialist, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. I kind of knew a little bit of what I would be doing, but certainly not to this extent in terms of, Miles, what you talked about, impacting the community and having that kind of direct access to do some of these things. And it is really awesome. It's really cool. And I think people are just going to look to examples that are doing it. 
you know, so I think the testimonial piece is huge and just kind of getting that out there that, hey, the smaller community allows you some of those opportunities. Well, and you said, too, it's the awareness of jobs that people don't know are right. here. That exactly. was my big thing, too. Me and my wife moved up here for the arts community, mm-hmm. had no idea that right. there was like a film production company in Door County. Right. So like discovering that and then getting in that way was such a cool thing. But that like that's the journey of somebody who's actively here and looking. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to draw people out, I feel like that's a much bigger piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. And just even coming back, I mean, I grew up here and I moved away after I graduated in 2005 and spent 15 years in Milwaukee and thought I knew all there was to know about Sturgeon Bay and Door County. But boy, was was I wrong. I mean, just being back since August, I've just discovered so many things in terms of the arts and cultural community, just how many art galleries there are in theater companies and these really cool things that are just kind of the best kept secret, which is really unfortunate. So it's trying to figure out how to get that out there and how to spread that message that, hey, there are some really cool things here that you might not have thought about. What are some of the steps that Live Door County is doing then to try and address this problem? Yeah, so marketing is going to be a huge um, piece of this and we're going to have a bigger push kind of come spring to really kind of tap into that seasonality that we so wonderfully have kind of starting in May and kind of tapering off in October. And I talked a little bit yesterday too about tapping into those micro moments that Google calls it and really kind of hitting people when they're already here, they're kind of thinking about Door County, when they're in those kind of moments that they're looking to do something, those kind of intent rich moments where we want to hit them with ads that live Door County, maybe they're um, experiencing a layoff. So kind of hyper targeting those areas of where, you know, there was a lot of layoffs and people are kind of, again, in that, that moment where they're looking for a job or they're maybe looking for a life change because that triggered something in their life. And clearly they're looking for that next step. So the marketing is going to be a big piece of it. And we're really kind of turning to a lot of digital outreach efforts. We will have a billboard in county kind of heading out of town on the southbound um, side of the highway that says kind of millions come to visit. The lucky ones get to stay. Why not you? So hopefully, again, tapping into the quote unquote sad lane as folks are heading out of the county and they're thinking probably, wow, that was really great. Why can't I stay? Well, hey, actually, yeah, you can. So at delivedoorcounty.org. And, uh, and check that out. But yeah, the marketing in the spring is really kind of going to be the key piece to this to kind of, again, as I talked about yesterday, not necessarily relying on them always coming to us, but kind of going to them kind of in those moments of where they're looking for a job or a life change or they're sitting in traffic in Milwaukee. In fact, that was yeah. one of the areas that we're targeting and um, just kind of hitting them in those moments of, man, this really is not ideal. <laughs> I would, I would definitely there? try to hit them when they're sitting in traffic. Yeah. With an ad in the Door County Pulse podcast. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk. <laughs> um, then, or while yeah. they're in Door County, they could pick up the Peninsula Pulse. No, uh, enough <laughs> yeah. plugging our publications. Um, but you also have a new website, livedoorcounty.org, yeah. yes. where, and, and you talked about this a little bit yesterday at the press conference mm-hmm. announcing this, but it's a tool for people searching for jobs and for employers to use in kind of the marketing of their jobs, correct? Yeah, correct. It's really kind of a, a multiple pronged approach and a multiple pronged solution, hopefully, but really kind of one of the drivers in creating was giving our employers and HR folks really large or small, giving them the tools and the resources to kind of reach out to potential clients, giving them essentially a one-stop shop website all of these kind of toolkit pieces we put together to kind of hand out to them and say, hey, potential person, here's all the wonderful reasons why you might want to consider moving here. 
Is there an element of promoting or showcasing some of the different business opportunities up here that go along with it? Because of course you're reaching out to people mm -hmm. to try to, to catch them in a moment where they're looking for that shift change. But yep. is there also an element of being like, hey, here is some of the cool opportunities that you might have coming up here professionally? Yeah, you know, I I hope, again, part of that marketing outreach, we can do that. One thing we've been thinking about kind of developing on the website long term is going to local realtors or kind of going to businesses and having featured jobs or different things like that that we could rotate on the site just to kind of bring awareness to some of those pieces. I know a big thing um, I've heard with folks is that they're trying to look for realtors out here and may not have had the best experience in the past. They might not have had a lot of responses. So kind of queuing in all of those different communities about um, Livedoor County and giving them the opportunity to kind of be there and be present. Yeah, and Andrew, you and I have talked about this probably too long in, in <laughs> previous podcasts, but just like the the pace of things here. So if you're somebody from a city mm -hmm. and and you might have experienced this, Kelsey, coming mm -hmm. back, but and you call a realtor and you're looking for information about a house, whereas in the city, you call that realtor, someone's getting back to you like within yeah. hours, if right. not minutes. Mm -hmm. Up here, you, it might be like four days later. There's just like the pace is slower. <laughs> yes. And yep. it's not to to knock people necessarily, oh, but they might say, well, I could show you something in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was in that situation and, uh, you know, there were different people we talked to and they said, well, we, we might be able to take you out on this day. I'm like, how it's February. How can you not have time to just sell me a house? Right, exactly. And eventually we found one who was like, yeah, I'll show you 30 houses in two days. What do you want to see? Awesome. Um, but it took, you know, a little pecking around and yeah. that's. And then once you make an offer, things are just slow it's to slower flow, than, yeah. which is a frustrating first step. So mm -hmm. if you do move up here, just be prepared for that. <laughs> um, things are slow, but hopefully in a good way. Yeah, right. <laughs> a good pace of but life. But that's part of why you're coming exactly, here too, right? Exactly. You don't, you know, those, those amenities that you're used to in certain other areas, those amenities come with pressures too. Right, and right. The, the reason Door County is attractive to people, like you, you have to understand that, okay, it doesn't have necessarily like everything that you get in the city right. at your fingertips all the time but that's part of what creates the atmosphere that that you wanted in the first place exactly exactly like for me personally that was a huge reason of why my husband and I wanted to move up here because we wanted that change of pace we are actually building a house in the middle of the woods and that's vastly <laughs> different from the suburbia where we came yeah. from which is really cool because that certainly was the change that we were looking for in kind of um, regards to that slower pace of life and those really cool moments that Door County has cool well Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say one thing we sh we should do is just like set down some hard numbers on what what this problem that we're talking about is because yes, if you say like yeah, we need to attract workers. Well, mm -hmm. everyone needs to attract workers, right. but the the hard data on it is pretty disturbing. Mm -hmm. I think some of the information you sent me and that Jim and Jim Schusler, your boss at mm -hmm. DCDC, have talked about is I think the population decline in the last ten years in Door County is it's. It's actually declining, mm -hmm. for those who don't know. Despite how busy it seems, mm -hmm. the actual year-round population is down a half a percent. And in Sturgeon Bay, since the year 2000, it's down almost 5%. Mm -hmm. And the workforce population, because so many we're such an older community and people are just aging out of the workforce, our population of people between the age of 65 and up has grown from 21% just 10 years ago to almost 30% today. Mm -hmm. And that workforce that's just, that's sucking a lot of people out of those workforce years. And I think that it's almost like 2,000 people in the last 10 years alone that have dropped yeah. out of that prime workforce age group. It's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. It is crazy. And I think to a lot of people, they just probably don't know about it. They don't realize the the problem that we are having. And it's kind of a scary problem and we don't want to scare anybody. But yeah, we do have something that we need to try to 
try to figure out how to curb and try to figure out how we can get people here. And hopefully the site is kind of uh, the first step in, in solving some of that. And certainly it's not going to solve it on its own. The website is not the magical tool that's going to be the end all be all. It's, you know, just kind of the first step in getting businesses and community members kind of in alignment and working towards a common goal to kind of look at this and say, man, we got to we got to do something about this, right. you know, or in a couple of years, we could be in a world of trouble. I feel yeah. like the the subtitle for the podcast at this point <laughs> should be a patchwork of solutions because we talk about that almost every week, yeah. Miles, yeah. about how it's a yeah. bunch of different things that will right, come exactly. together. Um, and about a year ago, when we first really started talking about uh, affordable housing and bringing people into the county mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it's been cool to see steps being made yeah. in affordable housing and bringing better internet to the county. Yeah. And and then stuff like this, Door County Live, mm-hmm. Live Door County. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's creating this patchwork of potential solutions yeah. that make the future look really bright. Exactly. And that's exciting to see, especially as a young person who's moved up here and wants to be here for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It, it's cool to see that, you know, we've we've got a grip on these things and we're making progress. Yeah, definitely. And and I was looking around on, on Facebook last night in response to a lot of the kind of articles and things that were posted with the um, the launch of the site yesterday. And of course, affordable housing and livable wages and, and things like that were certainly topics of concern. And I just want to say that, hey, we, we hear you and we're working on it. It's not like those things are going unnoticed. Um, some things are just kind of slow to get started. But yes, we certainly hear that and we're, we're working on it. Yeah, I think that's Unfortunately, anytime I write an article or do a podcast on this, you can't address all the topics in exactly. one, you know, because that would be a 40,000 word article that yeah. nobody would read. Exactly. Um, but if you look at the whole mm-hmm. over the past year, you can see DCDC's efforts on the housing front. Mm-hmm. You can see actual progress on the housing front. And people even within those sectors, it becomes, well, that didn't fix this. Right. Well, well no, this was aimed at housing for young professionals. Mm-hmm. That is not aimed at people who are at the the bottom of the ink pong bracket. But right. here's a different project that is aimed at that. And it's nice to see that finally this year we've seen multiple prongs. Instead of just, you know, housing developments aimed at people who can afford a condo or a McMansion or a second home, we've right. actually seen some things that are hitting different income brackets. You know, nothing solved everything. Right. There's a lot of work to do. But recognizing in the 20 years that I've been seeing this as an adult in Door County, some progress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because exactly. for years there hasn't been any. And even now you're not going to, I mean, it'd be great if Live Door County suddenly <laughs> turns the population decline around in the next six months. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if we don't start with some sort of campaign right. and just getting some awareness of this problem now, mm-hmm. you know, the projections are that we might have 40% of our population over retirement age within 10 more years. Yeah. So maybe even faster than that. If we don't start doing some things to um, bring in an influx of young workers. Right, exactly. And again, the website, again, is not going to be the end all be all to your point. It's certainly going to be a work in progress. And as we kind of find things that might help to make it better from feedback from you guys or local businesses or whatever it is, I mean, we can do that. We can add it and just make it a bigger, better tool to try to just kind of hit some of those spots that people might be missing on the website and just kind of make it a little bit more robust. Is the website live right now? Yeah. It is. And the website URL is? LiveDoorCounty.org. Perfect. Uh, Is there anything else about LiveDoor County or what's going on at the DCEDC that we haven't touched on that you think is important before we wrap up, Kelsey? 
Well, uh, we're doing a lot of really cool things, and certainly uh, Live Door County was quite a, a big project on my radar, so I'm really kind of glad to have it launched and now kind of be working on the refinement and improvements of it and kind of getting over that initial launch phase, and we had a really successful launch. But yeah, we're doing some really cool things, and uh, just stay tuned, I guess. For people, if they're a, a business owner looking to get involved that maybe, you know, a lot of DCDC historically has been very focused on the industrial corridor. and yeah. for plenty of good reasons, huge mm-hmm. economic impact. But there's also a lot of business sector that really hasn't been as involved. Mm-hmm. So like whether you're, say you're a restaurant owner or an innkeeper and you're like, this might be a tool for me, mm-hmm. who should they be reaching out to? Is that you at DCDC uh, in terms of like learning more about this program and, and how to use it? Yeah, definitely. Um, any questions about Live Door County specifically, um, workforce kind of development related stuff, certainly reach out to me. My email is kelsey at doorcountybusiness.com. I, if I can't solve it, I will certainly do my best to get you in the hands of folks that can. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out to me for any types of questions relating to that. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for coming in and chatting with us. And I look forward to chatting with you all again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Andrew. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.